Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of John. Hello, faithful listener. You have tuned in to the Bible Explained podcast. And hi, my name is Jen. I am the host here. And if you guys haven't gotten a chance to enter the giveaway that I am doing, I linked it in the description of this podcast episode. It is open to anybody, which means it is open internationally. Anybody who listens to the podcast can enter to win a Bible Explained bumper sticker pack that includes the bumper sticker, a little round sticker, and also a free gift from myself and a handwritten note from me. So it's super easy to enter. All you have to do is go over to Facebook, and I also sent out an email so you guys can enter that way also. But all you have to do is answer the question that I posted on Facebook or in the email, which is, what is your favorite episode of the Bible Explained podcast that I can make into a YouTube short? And if I choose your response, then I will send you the bumper sticker pack and I will also make your favorite episode into a YouTube short. So I'm going to be choosing a few people for that. And once again, that is linked in the description here. I encourage everybody who listens in to enter the giveaway either through email or through Facebook. Answer the question, what is your favorite episode of the Bible Explained podcast? All right, guys, so let's go ahead and read John chapter 12 today, verses 37 through 50. I'm going to be reading out of the W.E.B. as I usually do, but please feel free to grab your favorite version of the Bible, whatever that might be. And also make sure to grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. And let's jump right into John chapter 12, verses 37 through 50. Though he had done so many signs before them, yet they didn't believe in him, that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? From Isaiah 53, verse 1. For this cause they couldn't believe, for Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes, and he hardened their heart, lest they should see with their eyes, and perceive with their heart, and would turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah 6, 10. Isaiah said these things when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, even many of the rulers believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they didn't confess it so that they wouldn't be put out of the synagogue, for they loved men's praise more than God's praise. Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. He who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me may not remain in the darkness. If anyone listens to my sayings and doesn't believe, I don't judge him, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and doesn't receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word that I spoke will judge him in the last day. For I spoke not from myself, but the Father who sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. I know that his commandment is eternal life. The things therefore which I speak, even as the Father has said to me, so I speak. I want to say this is the third time now that Jesus tells the crowds that he's actually speaking through God the Father. The last verse here, verse 50, says, I know that his commandment is eternal life. The things, therefore, which I speak, even as the Father has said to me, so I speak. So Jesus came to earth and was not saying stuff of himself, like by himself. He was saying what God the Father told him to say basically the entire time. Like Jesus was speaking through 
God the Father. But I really want to focus on verses 37 through 43, this part about God hardening hearts. It says, but though Jesus had done so many signs before them, they didn't believe in him that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. So Jesus, as you know, fulfilled many of the prophecies from Isaiah and the other prophets that were in the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled every single prophecy, actually. And many uh, Jewish people actually have come to faith in Jesus because he fulfilled so many prophecies. I had one on the podcast, actually. His name was Andrew Rappaport, and I had him back in Leviticus. And Leviticus was kind of his specialty to talk about. But Andrew Rappaport grew up as a Jewish man who did not believe in Jesus. But then one day he sat down with a friend or a colleague who did believe in Jesus. And this colleague started going through all these different ways that Jesus fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament. And Andrew Rappaport, you know, did his own research and found it to be true. And at that point, he became a Christian. And I think that J. Warner Wallace also, who wrote uh, Person of Interest and Cold Case Christianity, he came to Christ in a very similar way, though he was not Jewish. He was actually atheist. But because Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies, another prophecy that needed to be fulfilled was this one from Isaiah chapter 6. Here's what it says. He has blinded their eyes and he hardened their heart lest they should see with their eyes and perceive with their heart and would turn and I would heal them. So that's a prophecy that basically the people would not believe in Jesus because God blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts. So this is something I've talked about on the podcast before because when we discussed Pharaoh back in the book of Exodus when the Israelite people were being brought out of Egypt, it actually says in scripture that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And a lot of people get really mad about that, especially people who are atheists or uh, critics of the Bible. They get really mad because they're like, well, you know, how can anybody become saved if God hardens hearts? Like, isn't that super unfair? You know, it says in, in the Bible that God is kind, but yet he goes around hardening hearts. Well, yeah, it does say in scripture multiple times that God does, in fact, harden hearts. But I think what people forget when they get angry about that is the fact that God does not harden people's hearts who those people like want Jesus or want the truth. God doesn't just go around like, ha, I'm going to make you unsaved because I don't like you for some reason. I'm going to make you saved because you look special to me. I'm going to make you unsaved. I'm going to harden your heart. No, God doesn't do that. It actually says in scripture that he is not, uh, he doesn't show any favoritism whatsoever because every single person is created in God's image. And there's also a verse that says that he did not want anybody to perish, which is why Jesus came down to earth. So if God does not want people to perish and if he doesn't want to show favoritism and does not show favoritism, then why would he just pick and choose people to harden their hearts? Well, the short answer is that he doesn't. He doesn't just randomly pick and choose people who he decides their hearts are going to be hardened and they won't be able to get into heaven. And that's even a, a Calvinist point of view, I would argue, that um, God specifically chooses people for or predestines them for heaven or hell. Calvinists would argue with me on that one. I <laughs> Actually, one of my good friends is Calvinist, and we love each other, but we get into some debates about it. It's very funny. But anyway, um, my, my viewpoint, though, 
is that God does not harden hearts who don't already want to be hardened. Does that make sense? And actually, Paul in Romans makes a very good argument for that very thing, that people who end up getting hard hearts, they already are sinning. They're already disobeying God. They're already refusing to see the truth. But God will further that process on even more. For example, in Exodus with the Pharaoh, where it talks about God hardening his heart, Pharaoh already refused to believe. Pharaoh already did not want to let the people go. Pharaoh already had murderous intentions towards the Israelite people and hated them and despised them. So eventually, yes, God did end up hardening Pharaoh's heart even more so that Pharaoh would eventually come to destruction, if that makes sense. In, in a way, it was almost a form of, of God enacting judgment on the Pharaoh. But of course, it wasn't just the Pharaoh that God does this with. God does this to anybody who refuses to see the truth, I think, to a certain point. For example, let me read Romans chapter 1 for you guys, verses 28, or rather starting at verse 28. Uh, It says, Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding. And the list goes on and on and on. So basically what Paul is saying here in Romans is that because these people did not think it worthwhile, is the exact words that are used, to retain the knowledge of God, God gave them over. So at a certain point, God will give people over. At a certain point, God will harden hearts so that they cannot see and that they cannot hear because that's what they want. In the long run, that is what they want. They refuse to retain knowledge of God. They refuse it, so God allows them to refuse it. God almost stops pulling them towards him in a way. And he just allows them to do what they want to do all along. And that's kind of what uh, John is saying here, going back to John chapter 12. Though Jesus had done so many signs before them, yet they didn't believe in him. For this cause, they couldn't believe. For Isaiah said again, he has blinded their eyes, hardened their heart, lest they should see with their eyes and perceive with their heart and would turn and I would heal them. So this was a prophecy being fulfilled that God would further harden people's hearts, the ones that wanted their hearts to be hardened. So then after this, though, it does say that there were a lot of people that did, in fact, believe in Jesus. Even rulers believed in Jesus is what it says. But because of their fear of the Pharisees, they refused to profess Jesus because they were scared. And yet there were a lot of rulers that believed in Jesus. Here's what it says in verse 42. Nevertheless, even many of the rulers believed in him. Many believed in him. Imagine if those rulers had started professing Jesus one by one. I bet you they were in the majority, actually. I I mean, I wonder. I don't know if that's the truth or not. It doesn't say that. 
But if many of the rulers believed in Jesus, that kind of sounds like the majority of them did, or a, a good portion of them did at least. Imagine if all of them had started professing Jesus. I wonder if the Pharisees, the, the evil Pharisees that had their hearts hardened, I wonder if they would not have been able to move on further with their nefarious plans. I wonder. This is why it's so important for us not to fear people. There's a lot more of us than, uh, than the world wants us to believe that there are. We can't be silent. We can't just sit back silently like these rulers did and allow evil to take over. There's a lot more Christians out there than you would think, than people want you to believe. Because if the world gets you to think that you are alone, it scares you, right? <laughs> it puts you in a very fearful position, just like these rulers were. The, the rulers were scared. They were scared because of the Pharisees. They probably thought they were the only ones because nobody in the, the group of Pharisees was professing Jesus. So the ones that did believe in Jesus probably were terrified because they, they thought they were all alone and didn't want to go up against these Pharisees. But the fact of the matter was, there was many who actually did believe in Jesus. And this is my own speculation. Scripture doesn't say this. I'm just going to throw that out there. But this is a call to us Christians to not remain silent. Remaining silent does nothing except further along evil things to continue to happen. But standing up for what you believe in gives other people courage to stand up alongside you. And then that creates a whole movement where things start getting changed for the better. But John says here that the reason the rulers didn't want to confess it was not just because of fear, but because they loved men's praise more than God's praise. So they were fearful of other people, but they also really liked their position. They really liked their position of authority. They were comfortable. They enjoyed all the handshakes and the praise that they got from the people. And so they didn't want to give that up because following Jesus is extremely uncomfortable. As we all know, anybody that is a Christian has probably gone through some amount of rejection for being a Christian, perhaps not so much in Western culture, even though that is changing a bit, but especially if you live in a country where it's illegal to listen to this podcast or it's illegal to um, profess Jesus as your savior, you know that being a Christian is very tough. And even these Pharisees knew it. Even these rulers among the Pharisees wanted their positions of authority. They were comfortable. They were cozy and they liked the praise from people more than God's praise. So that's another call to action for us is we can't be afraid of people, firstly. And secondly, we, we have to be okay with being uncomfortable because in the end, we're going to get God's praise for that. And uh, that's better than any, any position of authority or comfortable living we have here on earth. We're going to receive God's praise in the end if we truly follow him. But then verses 44 through 50, Jesus states his reason for coming again. He did not come to judge the world. That's also in John 3, where Jesus says that to Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees. 
Jesus said he did not come to judge the world, but he came to be a light for the world. He's also talking about how him and the Father are one once again, and that anybody who believes in Jesus truly believes in the Father. And something that kind of hit me while I was reading this to you guys, something I didn't actually catch before, verse 46, 45 and 46 actually, he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me may not remain in the darkness. So Jesus is a light to people who truly want to understand the Father. That's kind of what hit me, is that Jesus gives us a picture of the Father. Because if Jesus and the Father are one, then we know that Jesus has the same mission as God the Father. We also know, looking at Jesus's love towards people, that God the Father has that same love towards people because they both have the same mission. They both have the same love towards human beings. So in a sense, Jesus is the light that guides us to the Father, but also reflects the Father. We can see a lot of the Father's personality through how Jesus acts, especially since Jesus at the end here says, the things therefore which I speak, even as the Father has said to me, so I speak. This really should be eye-opening to us that God really, really loves us. I know a lot of people see these verses about, you know, God hardening hearts, and they're just like, God the Father, does not like anybody. He he hates people and he's mean and angry and all this. But then Jesus goes on to say that he's basically a, a picture of God the Father in a way. But to conclude here, verse 48, he who rejects me and doesn't receive my sayings has one who judges him. So God the Father, the word that I spoke will judge him in the last day. So the gospel, when people refuse to believe it, Jesus's words, the gospel message, is going to judge those people in the last day, at the last judgment. So anybody who refuses to believe in Jesus now will not only have their hearts hardened if they continue to go down the path that they are going down to the point where they're never, ever going to be able to listen and understand Jesus's words. And I'm sure all of us has heard of somebody like that or knows somebody like that. But that's a bad, bad thing for them because they eventually are going to be judged by the gospel that they refuse to listen to. They're going to be judged by Jesus himself when he comes back the second time. Even though now the world is not per se in judgment, because we're really not at this point in time, someday we will be. Someday we will be standing in front of Jesus or rather kneeling or prostrating in front of Jesus and we will be judged, every single one of us. You're going to be judged. I'm going to be judged for everything that we did. So are we going to choose to believe in Jesus's words and believe in him or are we going to choose to have our hearts hardened and then in the last day be judged by Jesus for not believing in him. The choice really is up to you. 
Well, guys, don't forget to go over to the YouTube channel and check all that stuff out. I've got my uh, old episodes going up on YouTube. My mom's doing a great job of uploading all those. But once again, guys, check the description and enter the giveaway. You can enter on Facebook or with the email that I sent out to all you subscribers. Friends and faithful listeners, I will see you all tomorrow bright and early for an episode out of Deuteronomy. Join me then. Happy listening and God bless.